good day. Dan, doing another lager episode, trying to bring it out of the graveyard. It's been a year, almost, again. And there's been a whole lot of games and a whole lot of uh, stuff coming out that we've been missing right and left. And, and to, to, to avoid the, this lapse of shows, what I want to do is shake it up a little bit and, and uh, produce shorter episodes, uh, maybe one or two games per episode, and get more of them out. That way, uh, being agile like that, uh, y- y- we don't have these lapses of time in between. Um, that doesn't mean I want to turn my back completely on the old original format, because I would love to get together with Trolls or uh, Riddlebox or both of them and discuss these issues and games more in detail, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to do that in the upcoming uh, future. But and I also want to bring back my daughters and my wife and get them to review some games so you get an opinion other than mine. But for the foreseeable future, I'm going to stick with a shorter format, uh, which opens that up to other people if they are interested in doing a review of a game that they play under Linux or some something involving entertainment under Linux. Feel free to send it in. I will package it together and put it out as an episode of Logger. Um, I'm going to uh, hopefully get, like I said, my wife and kids to do some stuff, uh, short episodes, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But today I'm going to start with a game called Vacuum Magic, which I found off of the uh, happypenguin.org, a link off of there. Now, Vacuum Magic is a, is a very interesting and fun game. Um, I started playing it today. My t- youngest daughter was looking over my shoulder and watching me play it, and, and she thought it was very interesting and exciting and wanted to play it herself. Um, unfortunately, she's not that uh, skilled with using the keyboard on my laptop to be able to play it properly and, and became a little frustrated. So what I want to do will probably get her on sometime in the future to do a review of this game herself is to get a joypad uh or a keypad or something to help facilitate her being able to play some of these games. But nonetheless, Vacuum Magic, uh, you're not going to find it in anybody's repository because it's fairly new. So you're going to have to grab it and download the source and compile it yourself. It is, uh, I think it's under the GPL. It's an open source game. You can find it at apocalypse.rules.org slash vacuum, and that's rules spelled with a Z, R-U-L-E-Z. So that's apocalypse.rules.org slash vacuum. The link will be on the show notes, or the, uh, the notes for this episode. And from the website, Vacuum Magic is a fast-paced action game. The point of the game is using your magic magical vacuum field to collect food and defend against monsters. Food and certain monsters can also be spat out and used as a projectile against other monsters. Um, You can play with up to six players, either cooperatively or against each other. Well, when you fire up this game, you are presented with the Vacuum Magic uh, start game menu. You can uh, start a game you can do the flight recorder, which allows you to view and or sit your sit and save games from here. Uh, and you can sh- you record your flight. Um, it's pretty cool. You have instructions. Now the instructions are very sparse. Essentially, all it does is is uh, show you the points, different points for the different monsters that you can uh, gobble up. Uh, the options allows you to turn the game sounds off and the music off. And you can hear it playing in the background. Let me crank it up. The music is pretty cool. Uh, they did a good job on that. Let's see if you can hear that a little bit there. 
So they did a, a pretty top-notch job on the music. Uh, set up players where you can c- configure the keys and everything and, and actually use the joysticks uh, configure those. So that's pretty cool. But um, when you start the game, you have a choice between a normal game. You could do the boss battles, which allows you to just only do the boss levels. And there's a mini-game section, which uh, has a nightmare flight where you start at incredible difficult incredibly difficult and then it gets harder as you go on. There's target practice where you're just shooting at targets. And then there's the extended Asteroids game. Now the Asteroids game is also kind of a uh, a mini boss level in, in the regular game. But on a normal game you start off, you are this caped guy flying around. I don't know if that's... Actually it's probably a set of wings. Uh, you're flying around and there's food pellets and monsters all over the screen. Now the object is in front of you, you have this like little vacuum field that extends out uh, about two inches from your character, and you you capture items in there, food pellets or monsters, and you suck them into you. Now, if you let them suck all the way into you, you get various points for them. Or, as they're sucking into you, you can shoot them out by pressing the fire key, which is the space bar by default, and shoot them out at other creatures or objects. For instance, in the asteroid battle, you're going to suck things in and shoot them out at the asteroids and break them down. The object of that level is to uh, destroy all the asteroids on the screen. Once you do that, uh, you can... uh, And once you... The asteroid level is kind of easy to understand, or even a boss level is easy to understand. Um, What you need to do to progress through different levels may not be clear. I think it's based upon the uh, score that you get, that you're able to advance in levels. But anyway, once, like the asteroid level, you you collect, you grab the uh, food pellets or creature and you shoot it into the asteroid, you break it up. Um, and it's just like in the old style asteroids game where they the asteroids will break apart into smaller asteroids and go off in different directions. Uh, and then you got to you know blow those up until you get them down to a little food pellet size asteroids, at which point you could either collect them or shoot them out again. Um, But uh, in between that and the boss levels, you're just flying around collecting food. Nice little background graphics. Uh, The keys, again, by default are the arrow keys, and then you have the space bar as your fire button. Now, one of the more difficult things that I found with it with the space bar fire button thing is is, uh, if you don't have any object in your vacuum field and you press a space bar, it flips you. So if you're moving towards the right, facing towards the right of the screen, um, you're always moving towards the right anyway. Things come in from the left. They actually come in from behind you too or the top or bottom, but you're kind of always moving towards the right. You can flip facing the left side of the screen, but still everything, you know, the whole background is moving still towards the right. And you can turn around and and grab things behind you or shoot at things behind you. Um, And that can get a little uh, tricky sometimes because if you accidentally press it before you have something in your vacuum field you're going to flip and then it can confuse you but that makes it a little more challenging um, it's, a, it's a really it's a, it's a nice little game that has at least 50 levels from what I can see on their website um, in addition to grabbing monsters and food pellets uh, there are red monsters and food pellets which are poisonous so if you grab them and suck them in you'll explode you'll die, you'll lose a life um, 
Now, if you grab those and shoot one of those poisonous ones out, they actually uh, double your score if you hit another monster with them. If you uh, destroy a poisonous monster with a poisonous projectile, you get a quadruple score and a super food pellet. So, let me let me rephrase it. If you destroy a poisonous monster with a projectile, you get a double score. But if you grab the poisonous monster or projectile and you you hit another monster with it, you get a quadruple score and a superfood pellet. Now, superfood pellets give you a sphere of protection, but if you use a superfood pellet as a projectile, it causes an explosion. It will destroy everything in that explosion. So that's pretty cool. Now, <clears throat> on some boss monsters, are only vulnerable to specific uh, projectiles projectiles, um, and you can do more damage with superfood pellets to a, a super boss or poisonous pellets. Um, so it's, it's a fun game. Again, it's vacuum magic at apocalypse.rules.org slash vacuum. That's rules with a C, R-U-L-E-Z. And remember, vacuum, they spell V-A-C-U-U-M. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty darn good game. Check it out. You'll have to compile it from source. There are videos on the site that show the game in action. They're flash-based. And uh, check those out. I don't think you'll be disappointed by this game. I would give it an overall score of four fun penguins out of five. Fifty levels... Multiplayer action, sound is good, the graphics are nice, smooth, um, and it's a challenge. So check it out. Have a good one, and uh, we'll see what else is up in the future. This is Dan on a logger review of RP Tools. Now, RP Tools is a suite of applications for role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons, Call of Cthulhu, and Shadowrun, whatever RP game you're playing. And uh, they're Java-based, so they're cross-platform, and released under the MIT license, so they're open source. So they do have, uh, they do work under Linux. They work very well, actually. I'm running them under Ubuntu right now. And you can check them out at rptools.net slash doku.php. Again, that's rptools.net. You can probably just get away with putting in rptools.net, and it will automatically take you there, which it does. Now, there are five separate applications, a dice tool, a map tool, a token tool, an initiative tool, and a character tool. I'm probably going to focus more on the map tool than all the other ones, because that to me is the neatest one and what I've been using for my games that I've been hosting for my family. Um, now, my use of the tools has been very limited and only scratched the surface of what they're able to do, so you know, definitely check these out. And in addition to not just checking out these tools, I highly recommend you go to the tutorials. Uh, you can download the tutorials from their website. They're flash-based, and the whole group of them is 95 megs, and uh, that will give you the starting point for using all the different tools inside of, um, particularly the map tool. Which is the one that most people will probably gravitate towards to begin with. And that'll explain everything on the map tool and how to get you up and running and creating your own maps. Now, focusing on the map tool, what you need to understand about this is uh, it's a great way not only to design maps and create them, 
for your adventures, but also you can use this for playing in a client-server fashion. Um, the Game Master can set up a map, create it, put all the stuff in there, and then determine what the players cannot, can and cannot see in at what times and use a fog of war to hide stuff um, so that bits and pieces of the map can be revealed only under certain conditions when the Game Master allows. Um, people can connect through a local LAN or over the internet to uh, this system. So you can play role-playing games remotely. It has a die-rolling tool built in, so you can roll your die and it can you can determine what people can and cannot see your die roll. It also has a chat tool built into it so you can communicate back and forth. I mean, it's a really cool suite of applications. If you're stuck in a situation where you can't uh, play with anybody locally, you need to play remotely, or even if you are playing locally, um, you can have different systems there, and people can see really, really beautiful maps um, for what you're playing on. Now, where where our map tool really shines is uh, if you've purchased any of the modules out there for recent Dungeons & Dragons games, particularly 4th edition, they've really made an emphasis on providing tiles and maps and everything, and everything looks nice. Uh, it looks exactly like the adventure that you're playing through. You got a, On the 4th edition set, it came with tiles to map out the adventures that were in, in, the, uh, in the box set. Uh, so you can do all the adventures in that little box set, and it also had tokens for all the creatures that were in their little monster manual. Now the downside to that, and the downside to getting any of those other tiles, is you're very restricted to being able to use those tiles in the game that you're playing. Um, for instance, the first encounters that I set up for my family were outdoor encounters in a forest. It was a ruined town. Um, well, prior to that, there was the road where they encountered the... Uh, the little uh, wagon that was uh, ransacked by goblins, and you know, so we set all these things up, and you don't have all the tools that you know the, the tiles that you need, so you're substituting stuff. You know, like if you don't have a wagon, you got to substitute something for a wagon. If you don't have enough bushes, you got to substitute like a wall for bushes, or a, you know, to show the tree line. Uh, when you get into the ruined village you don't have all the stuff you know enough tiles to, to display everything and this is where map tool really shines um, some people play on a vinyl mat where you can actually draw stuff in and that's great you know that that I think that's a little more handy than than uh, the, the tiles and everything the, again the downside to that is you don't get the detail or the cool details that you can from the tiles but with map tool, you don't actually need to have all that detail in there. You can design the map how you want it on map tools, and then you can show the players along the way if you were just using it on a single system, which, which is what I do when I draw the map out on the vinyl play, play area. Um, I'll give them a little idea of how it should actually look closer to real life by showing them the map tool page. Well, anyway... Some ideas of how you can use it, and again, like I said, you do, you're not limited to uh, just one machine. It's a client-server uh, architecture, and game masters can allow players to connect and, and do all sorts of cool stuff. Anyway, so you get the map tools, and uh, I, I recommend getting the latest version, the latest developmental version, which is what I'm using. It works very well. 
Uh, I haven't had a, a problem with it at all. I'm running it on my System76 machine under Ubuntu. It can take up a lot of memory, uh, especially as you're designing your maps and putting more and more graphics on there. It works on a layered technology. You have four layers. There's the token layer, the hidden layer, the object layer, and the background. Um, when you're designing your map, you're primarily going to be working with the background layer, so just be aware of those. And then you can place images on there, and uh, you can send an image to the back, send it, you know, bring it up to the front. It, it's it's a it's a, a very if you're used to the GIMP or you're used to Inkscape and working with layers, um, the layer functionality built into it for each specific layer, well, I should say sub-layers for each specific layer, isn't that sophisticated, so it, it, you pretty much have the ability to move stuff to the front and move it to the back. So you, you, are, you do have some of that, that limited. Um, in fact, if you right-click on an object and look at the arrange, you can send it, bring it to the front or send it to the back. So just be aware of that. Um, but anyway, there's, there's a whole lot of functionality, though, built into it aside from just doing that. Uh, to describe how to create a map, um, it's essentially you have a library of resources the library that it comes with are very, you know, a couple of textures and some stuff where you can just start to play around. But you're going to want to expand upon that. But before I get into where to expand upon that, but just just realize you, you, you drag stuff out of your library onto the map and you place it wherever you want to go. And you can then, after you have created your map or how it looks, you can do the fog of war stuff and define other parameters. But just to get you started, is that's how you want to do it. Now, you're going to want graphics and all sorts of different um, images that you're going to put into your library and resources. Uh, and I highly recommend going to a, a site called Dungeon. It's D-U-N-D-G-I-N-N-I dot com. And you go into their forums and they have all sorts of free art in there. Uh, that's where I loaded up my system libraries and that's where I got trees and uh, bushes and all sorts of different things, roads, uh, water, buildings, and, you know, you use your, you just your imagination to start building stuff up. Like, for instance, for my ruined town, what I did is I went out and I found some, some huts and some buildings and rooftops, and I pulled those into my library, and then I went also looking for stuff like um, ruins, and ruined buildings and stuff like that. And I found, like, sections of of a broken roof or a broken floor. So you take your building and then you throw some of those ruined sections on top of it. Um, you find some rubble, like little pieces of rock or, or broken up rock and walls and stuff, and you, you layer those over top, and pretty soon in a few seconds, you know, or throw some bushes over the side and looks like vines. In a few seconds, you got yourself a ruined house. You started with the house, and on top of that, you lay the ruined floor or, or whatever it is on top of the roof, you know, so it looks like there's broken holes in the roof. Uh, you you then put some rubble around the side and some put some bushes all around it and partially on top of it so it looks like it's crumbling and and vines are growing out of it and it, it looks really cool it's really impressive um, the first time I played around with this after watching the tutorials within about a half an hour forty five minutes I had exactly what I wanted the play area to look like just by layering different things on top of it. Um, 
it's a cool application and is really handy to have. And if I if we were playing, you know, where I had more machines, we could use this instead of the play area. Uh, but it, it's very a very valuable tool. Now, in addition to the map making tool, which is where you would do all your your either map making and playing in the game, they have a few other things available too. And that is under the RP Tools page is a die rolling tool, a dice tool, where you can electronically roll dice to find macros and everything. So, you know, if you typically do two die six plus five damage, you can define a macro for that. And you just click the roll button and it'll roll for you. Um, probably not as exciting as using regular dice, but it's it's a good utility to have. There's a token tool which allows you to, you know, clip out images from artwork and create and, and create tokens out of them to use on the map tool utility, which is really cool. An initialization or initiation initiation. Initiative tool, which provides a simple way to keep track of initiative order for an encounter. Um, you can set up tough uh, groups and everything in advance and you can record the initiative and make sure that you uh, you know everybody's going and taking their turns properly. Then there's a character tool, which uh, is essentially an, uh, an electronic um, character sheet. There's a fourth edition character sheet there that you can fill in, and it takes care of all the uh, statistics for you and allows you it's automated and tracks things. Um, but it, they're really great. Uh, RP Tools is a fantastic suite of applications um, and really good documentation with them to... Uh, enhance your role-playing game. So I highly recommend you check it out. Again, that's rptools.net, uh, open-source, MIT-licensed Java utilities that are cross-platform. Um, they support Java 1. Uh, what is it? Uh, Java 5 and, I think, 6 they'll support. Uh, you can do these through WebStart, or you could just download them yourself. Really good stuff. Again, that's rptools.net, and I hope that you check them out. Have a great one. That wraps up another episode of Logger. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, Logger is released under Creative Commons for non-commercial use license. Feel free to copy, excerpt from, or distribute Logger for non-commercial purposes. The opening music of the show is provided by James Underberg called The Battle with sound effects from Blob Wars by Parallel Realities. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 